Welcome to Genesis NFT by NFT's What The Fuck, hosted by me, Jamie Burke. We're doing a retrospective on the history of NFTs, its key moments and people, from Counterparty to Rare Pepe's, CryptoPunks and Kitties, from Xcopy to Pack and Beeple's Record Auction, with the stories from the people inside the hurricane and hear their hopes and fears for its future. These episodes, now over 16 hours have been recorded, will be turned into a single audio documentary released as an NFT time capsule. Follow at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the drop on Twitter. So could you please introduce yourself by name and how you describe your role in the NFT ecosystem? Hello, my name is Connie Digital, aka Digital. My role in the NFT world, NFT land, has been that of a creator as far as crypto art, audio NFTs, music NFTs, an experimenter, a tinkerer, and just an all-around Web3 geek just trying to figure out what all this means. Great intro. So... You mentioned a lot of like multimedia component there, which is quite unusual, or at least it has been. Like, what was your initial medium? Did you go in and it was initially like 2D art, and then you started adding layering different uh, media types on? And do you do that yourself entirely, or do you collaborate with other creators? Yeah, so a little bit of all of that. It started with just 2D artwork, then it kind of evolved into uh, animated GIFs. And then as more file types became available to mint as NFTs, I started to create MP4s, which is where the audio component comes in. So not only did I have static and or moving images, but now I'm adding audio in the form of original music. And so for some of these music NFTs, I've collaborated with friends, local friends here in my hometown. And I've also collaborated with other creatives in the uh, Web3 NFT space on the production and the mixing and mastering of the music. And then I typically do the artwork and uh, we package it all together. Very cool. So if you're talking to a newbie friend and you try to explain what are NFTs, how do you describe it? Yeah, I think one of the easier ways to describe it is a digital collectible. I think uh, people, the layman understands what a collectible is whether that's a a trading card or um, Beanie Babies or some of these experiences of collecting they may have had growing up. I kind of explain it in the sense that these are just now digital opposed to physical or material collectibles. And because of blockchain technology, it allows for us to create scarcity for digital items where uh, that wasn't possible before. Prior to this, you could copy and paste pretty much anything into infinity. But because of the blockchain tech, Uh, We can introduce scarcity and give value to some of these digital collectibles, whether that's art, music, trading cards, sky's the limit, I think. So what was your journey into NFTs? How did you discover them? And I guess, what was it that began to capture so much of your attention and time? Yeah, so I've been down the crypto rabbit hole, I guess, for about eight years now. I started back in 2013. And I was pretty active in the space, contributing as a writer. So I was kind of, you know, on top of uh, headlines and what was going on in the space. And in 2017, when uh, CryptoKitties launched from Dapper Labs, that was my genesis moment into into NFTs. Prior to that, you know, I had known about Counterparty and some of the things they were doing there. But I think the ERC-721 standard that was born with CryptoKitties was 
kind of like the jumping off point for me and just learning about what that meant and why these cats were, were valuable and um, how you can breed them and the different um, attributes and mechanics that, that go along with the, with the actual project. So from that moment, I just stayed down the rabbit hole. I still have some Gen Zero Crypto Kitties and uh, started to learn more about WAX, uh, the WAX blockchain. And uh, yeah, I've just been uh, in the whole space ever since. So tell us about WAX blockchain. Why is, uh, when did that come into your world and why do you think it's important? Uh, I believe that came into my world in uh, 2018. I think it's important, well, the team behind it is quite impressive. And uh, one of the challenges about NFTs on Ethereum specifically is the the scalability, the gas cost. There's a lot of friction currently in the system. And so I think Wax's proposition, they were creating an alternative where you didn't have to worry about gas fees and things could move faster, quicker. And so their application seemed to be more on the gaming aspect of, of things where you can have collectible swords or potions or different game items and things like that, which made a lot of sense to me. And uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of what lured me to them was the idea of, oh, here's an alternative where uh, they're trying to remove some of the friction. And as a creator, uh, how do you think NFTs have changed the dynamic between you and your fan base or your your collectors? I don't know how you would think of them. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, my experience may be unique in that NFTs have helped me create a fan base prior to NFTs. You know, I wasn't a very public sort of personality or figure. I've worked in marketing for years, but that was always like behind the scenes for for companies and different products and stuff. But it wasn't until 2019 where I decided to market myself and I was using NFTs as a way to do that. So I think for my fan base, my collector base, one of the things that's unique about it is that I've been lucky enough to pioneer some of the things in this space regarding like audio NFTs and social tokens in connection with NFTs. So I I think they find value in collecting my work because of some of the pioneering things that I've been able to do. And they're kind of on this journey with me. And um, what I learn, I teach them and we kind of grow and and, uh, learn and figure this all out together. So I think that's a, a special relationship that we share. And I know you're big into social tokens. Could you explain the dynamic between a social token and an NFT, do they like perform different functions in that relationship with your fan base? They do. So social tokens can come in a variety of flavors, right? There can be social tokens that are personal from a person. There can be community-based social tokens. For me specifically, I launched a token called Hue, and the idea behind it was to serve almost like a loyalty point or a reward system similar to airline miles or a loyalty program you might find at a local coffee shop, right? Where you are rewarded for taking particular actions that I deem valuable, whether that's maybe retweeting some of my content or joining my newsletter or um, whatever I find valuable in that moment. And so I reward my supporters with my token for doing so. And so they collect hue, my social token over time. And, uh, they're able to use the social token in a variety of ways. One of those ways is as a uh, payment mechanism on some of the NFT marketplaces like OpenSea or Rarible, where they can purchase not only some of my NFTs with the social token, but 
Uh, it's open to a variety of creators. I think there's 30, 30 plus marketplaces on OpenSea that accept Hue as a form of payment. And so my fan base can also list their own creative NFTs priced in Hue if they wanted to. In addition, they could use the token for advertising within the newsletter. In the future, you know, ideas where they can use the social token to book me to do something like this, a podcast or a video or some mentorship or whatever they find valuable. But the relationship currently between the social token and the NFT is of a payment mechanism. But I think that might just be scratching the surface of what's actually possible. Yeah, and very cool. And obviously, you said you've got this background in in marketing. How do you look at NFTs in the context of marketing? Because it feels like a really underutilized area at the moment. Not a lot of people are thinking about it. And you kind of you were talking about social tokens, but you referenced this idea of loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you see NFTs in the context of loyalty in, in a marketing context? Yeah, I think in a marketing context, you could really play on the idea of earning, right? Performing certain actions to earn NFTs, whether that means reading a blog post and at the end of it, maybe you're entered into some sort of giveaway or raffle or auction for an NFT, or maybe you have to watch a video or complete a course or do a survey and your reward for that, maybe an NFT, a limited edition one of one or one of 10 or, or what have you, right? But I think there is a, a multitude of, of different ways you can approach this from a marketing perspective to drive traffic specifically, signups, downloads, things like that. The same way you would, let's say, give away a free ebook, right? For somebody to subscribe to your newsletter, right? Well, that ebook could be an NFT now, right? And then that NFT now becomes tradable on the secondary market, Whoever owns it can actually benefit from a resale and there's royalties that could be plugged in. There's so much you could <laughs> you could actually do with all of this. So it's quite fascinating, I think. And so one of the things I've been, I've been doing these interviews and I've been trying really hard to represent as many different perspectives on the NFT space as possible. So that's everything from people experimenting with different media types, people that are collectors, people that are artists. I have been trying to make sure we speak to as many women in the space as possible. But the reality is, at least at least feels, and I don't know if this is true, like there is quite poor representation in the community, or at least the spotlight that's placed on people of, say, color in the community. What's your perspective on diversity in the NFT ecosystem and what could be done to change it or improve it? Yeah, that's an interesting topic because a lot of crypto or the people involved now, there's a big thing around anonymity, right? Or pseudo-anonymity, where there could be great representation of Black people, people of color that we just don't really know about because their avatar is a crypto punk or, or, or something else, right? Which is interesting. I will say, though, it is early days and you know, we still have to onboard mainstream, the masses and stuff like that. There are communities for everybody right now, whether that's people of color, women, I don't know, whatever it is, it exists right now. You can find that community. They're most likely on Twitter or on Discord. But I, I think what, what happens is throughout history, people of color and women specifically have been marginalized. And so I think there's that uh, that energy that kind of seeps into the conversation we're having now around Web3 and, and NFTs and crypto, because that's 
just kind of been the norm, the way things have been. But I don't necessarily think that that is the way it has to be within this new world, right? I think the metaverse allows us to connect globally with a wide variety of people. And uh, I think everybody should be highlighted and can be highlighted. So, Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting, I mean, what is identity in the metaverse? And of course, there's a lot of identity politics at the moment. Like, what? how does that then interact with the metaverse is quite an interesting um interesting point as you say like you know who knows half the people that you're interacting with online in a purely digital sense especially when everyone has a crypto punk now as an id so as we look forward into the future for nfts what are your hopes and fears well i hope that it allows artists musicians creatives a way to unlock value unlock a way for them to connect deeper with their fans to earn a living being creative doing what they love because NFTs are global, 24-7, accessible media. It could be bought and sold by anybody in the world. So I'm hopeful that this kind of frees creatives and offers them a, a new revenue stream. I'm fearful that what we're seeing right now is a lot of attention coming in because of celebrities jumping into the space and um, big name brands and things like that. And from my perspective, it almost feels like a cash grab because they see crypto artists making a lot of money and they want to be a part of that, which I, I understand there's nothing wrong with making money, but I I think that some of the approaches could be a, a little more tactful. I think some of the celebrities and bigger names coming into the space should spend time communicating with the community, integrating within the community, learning as much as possible, being a part of this revolution opposed to just being an outsider coming in uh, to earn a quick buck. So I'm, I'm kind of fearful that the spirit of, of how it started kind of gets eroded. Yeah. And of course you can see that a lot. I mean, the good thing is that often the cash grabs are increasingly less successful, both in the primary issuance and then in the secondary performance. So hopefully that becomes increasingly obvious to creators that there is a right and a wrong approach. And another guest said something really interesting, which is, you know, effectively you can think of NFTs as this, uh, uh, this kind of log of your engagement with the community and it's forever. And so, um, getting something wrong, it's pretty much forever, right? It's on, it's on your record on the chain. So what would you say to new artists that are looking to come into the space? How should they, approach the space, be that a celebrity versus an entirely new up-and-coming artist that's really struggling in all the noise at the moment? Yeah, I think it goes back to what you just spoke about with um, reputation, essentially, brand, right? You want to be very mindful of what you are tokenizing and putting on the blockchain because this is essentially forever, right? You know, sometimes people will throw up a post on Instagram or a tweet and immediately delete it for whatever reason. But when you're tokenizing these NFTs, there are no takebacks, right? You can't delete that. It's there. And so to anyone just coming into the space, I would say be mindful of that. Be mindful of your brand, which is your reputation. Ask as many questions as possible. Do your own research, study, be patient, and come up with a strategy and a plan that you feel comfortable with. I think one of the things I'm seeing is people coming into the space and they're not necessarily selling as they thought they might. And they see the big headlines, so-and-so sold XYZ for 40,000, 400,000 or 
a million, whatever it is, and their eyes may light up and think that they're going to go do the same thing, which maybe they will. But I think nine times out of 10, they won't, especially if they don't have a pre-existing fan base. So I think that's important too, coming to the table with a fan base, whether that's from your artwork or if you're a musician, maybe you have fans of your music, or if you're a 3D artist or videographer, whatever it is, if you have a newsletter already, if you have a strong following on social media, I think you'll be more successful if you already have a relationship that you're nurturing with your fan base. Very cool. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been really insightful and really looking forward to seeing what you come up with next in your creative output. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. So I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, like, rate, and review. We're going to be dropping two of these a week, so make sure you don't miss a beat. And also follow us on at NFTs WTF to keep updated on the NFT time capsule drop. 